Blog Talk Radio. Another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Good evening, folks. We've had a little technical difficulties tonight, so we're a little late getting started. Uh, we'll try to play catch-up, and in case we don't have enough time, we might have to do part two um, next week. But sorry about the delay, but we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, our topic tonight is cohabitation, and the subtitle is Why Buy the Cow? Uh, that goes back to the old saying that some of you might be familiar with of why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. So if you want to look at some of the pros and cons of this topic, I encourage you to call in uh, 323-784-9638, uh, or you can log in to um, com and listen online. But hopefully you'll have some comments and you can... Uh, join in the discussion tonight, and we'll pick this up next week uh, since we got a little bit late start. I want to start out by saying that some of this is just to kind of share some thoughts about this topic and hopefully to uh, promote some discussion. Um, but I want to start out by saying that I'm not saying that I'm pro or con. I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other, just sharing some thoughts based on my review of the research and some articles that I've read and to promote some thought about it. The other thing is that this topic is very value-laden. It's a cultural thing. It depends on um, what your values are as a family, uh, what your values are about marriage, the traditional institution of marriage. Most of the statistics um, not most, all of the statistics that I've run across or looked at are based on the traditional view of marriage and a traditional view of cohabitation. It's looking at um, the existence of cohabitation uh, between men and women, so that's a very traditional view with that. The other thing is to recognize that there are several states um, that recognized common-law marriage, uh, Alabama, Colorado, the District of Columbia, uh, Georgia, if it started before January of 1997, Idaho, if it started before January 1 of 96, Iowa, Kansas, Montana, uh, New Hampshire uh, is for inheritance purposes only, 
uh, Ohio, if it started before October 10th, 1991, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Pennsylvania, if it started before January 1st, 2005, uh, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah. So if you live in any of those states, uh, these states recognize um, common law marriage, which technically is a form of uh, cohabitation. The other thing that we want to look at is that a lot of this discussion takes into account that there's a difference between the legal issues as it pertains to marriage as we traditionally know it versus any moral or religious issues regarding the institution of marriage and any thoughts or feelings about cohabitation. And so these things have to be taken into account that there are some things that are legal that are not considered to be um, acceptable from a moral religious viewpoint, and that's where a lot of the conflict comes. So we want to take that into account. The biggest thing that I want to point out, or a big thing, is that statistics are statistics are statistics, and there are always exceptions to everything. So just because one set of statistics make a point um, it's based on the view of the person that did the research, and those statistics have to be taken into uh, perspective from that standpoint. So there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all situation here. Uh, some of this stuff you'll probably agree with, some of you won't. And so I just want to share some of these things and to help you to uh, consider some of it, and then you can draw your own conclusions, or if you feel like calling in and sharing your thoughts, then you can uh, do that as well. There are numerous uh, studies, statistics, and a lot of research on uh, cohabitation, marriage, and divorce. And one of the things that's consistent um, with the statistics is that people that cohabit are at a higher risk for divorce than people who marry without uh, going through a period of cohabitation. And some of the research that was done by the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development indicated that at one point cohabitation was fairly rare, but it's now more the norm. And they found that more than half or 54% of all first marriages between 1990 and 1994 began uh, with people that had cohabited. And they estimate that the majority of young men and women of marriageable age today will spend some time in a cohabiting relationship before actually getting married. And one of the points that was made in that report is that couples that cohabit um, are less stable uh, in marriage and that this instability has increased over time. And one of the things that came out of that study is that living together, cohabiting, is considered to be more stressful than being married, and some of that, I think, can be attributed to the lack of security for legal reasons. For example, if you are living together and you get you split up, then you, know, you don't have any recourse oftentimes, and it reduces your access to certain benefits. Uh, it also says that a little over 50% of uh, first cohabiting couples uh, ever get married. Um, so a lot of people uh, live together for periods of time. That's not necessarily an indication that it's going to lead to marriage. The other thing it pointed out is that in both the United States and the United Kingdom, that couples who live together are at a greater risk for divorce than people that don't live together before marriage. So uh, there are reasons for that. And it also says that couples who live together before marriage tend to divorce earlier in their marriage. And a part of this, I think, is because people tend not to uh, put up with stuff and they you know, get out of it quicker. If the marriage lasts for seven years or more, then their risk for divorce is no greater than couples who didn't cohabit. So if you make it through that uh, seven-year itch, then you're pretty much in the same um, ball game as with people uh, that didn't get married. So we want to look at 
what are some of the pros and cons? What are some of the reasons why people choose to cohabit uh, versus getting married? What are some of the perceived benefits of that? What are some of the uh, myths about that type of a situation? And also look at, compared to that, what are some of the perceived and real benefits of the institution of marriage as we traditionally know it? So I realize that there are all kinds of relationships in this day and age, and the traditional institution of marriage is not what it used to be, and then there's always the ongoing debates about the non-traditional marriages, same-sex marriages, and so forth. So <clears throat> we want to remember, again, that these statistics were drawn from um, studies that were done with people that were <clears throat> a man and a woman living together, <clears throat> Excuse me, and so that's the source of a lot of these statistics. One of the things I want to uh, draw from, and I will put this on the website later if you want to go to the site and look in more detail, but I found an interesting article that's entitled The Verdict on Cohabitation and Marriage, and this was done by uh, Dr. Jeffrey Larson, uh, who's a professor of marriage and family therapy, uh, at Brigham Young uh, University. And a lot of the research that was in this article came from uh, some research that was done by the National Marriage Project uh, back in 2000. And Dr. Larson um, wrote a book. I haven't read the book, but some of this uh, is apparently from his book. And it's a pretty lengthy title. Um, it's uh, called Should We Stay Together? A scientifically proven method for evaluating your relationship and improving the chances of a long-term success. So that's a pretty lengthy title for this book, but I thought that some of the points that he made were very valid, in my opinion. It fits with a lot of the other research that I've seen as I, you know, looked at this topic. And he goes through some things of looking at what are some of the reasons that people give for. Uh, cohabiting versus getting married, <clears throat> what are some of the benefits of that or the perceived benefits of that, and also looking at why there's an increased chance of divorce in these types of relationships. And so uh, we're going to take a very short break and then come back and pick up from there. So hold on and call your friends and tell them to call in and listen or to go online and listen. So we'll be right back in a few minutes. You're listening to Dr. Bo Worldwide on Let's Straighten It Out right here on the Soul of America Radio. Give Dr. Bo a call right now at 323-784-9638. That's 323-784-9638. 9638 right here on the Soul of America Radio. This is a very important message from the Soul of America Radio. Please pardon our progress. We're making major changes in our programming and programming lineup at this time, and please ask for your patience as we do so. The Soul of America Radio isn't going anywhere. We're just making progress at this time. Thank you, and continue enjoying the rest of Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Worldwide, let's return to Let's Straighten It Out. Give Dr. Bo a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 when you want to speak to Dr. Bo. That number is 323-784-9638. Press 1 to speak to Dr. Bo and don't you forget it. And now, here's Dr. Bo in Let's Straighten It Out. 
Okay, folks, welcome back. I just found out that we did get some things worked out to where we'll actually have our full hour, so we'll uh, keep going and we'll see where we get. Uh, Right before the break, I was beginning to discuss this uh, article that I had read by Dr. Jeffrey Larson on the issue of cohabitation and marriage, and one of the things that was pointed out was the similarity with a lot of other research is that a lot of the research shows that, as I said earlier, that cohabitation does not necessarily lead to um, increased satisfaction or stability in marriage and that uh, compared to marriage that some perceive that it actually creates more disadvantages for individuals, couples, and children. And some of that has to do with the legal aspects, if you're not legally uh, married to someone, then that limits uh, access to benefits, for example. It creates issues with uh, child issues uh, and child rearing in some instances. But some people have the perception that they're going to practice uh, being married and that that increases their chances. But most of the research shows that that, in fact, uh, decreases their chances of being successful in the long haul. So let's look at why is it, you know, that some people um, prefer to live together rather than get married. Um, Some of the reasons that people give is that it's uh, convenience. Um, If you're in a dating relationship with someone, and particularly if it's an exclusive relationship and you're living in two uh, different places. Some folks say that it is uh, more convenient or more cost-effective to live together than to maintain uh, two separate apartments. And so looking at it from an economical and a practical standpoint, some people uh, perceive that if you're going to be in an exclusive relationship, you may as well live together as opposed to uh, maintaining two households. Um, some might say, well, if you're going to do that, then Uh, why not just get married? But that's one of the reasons that people give for um, living together. Some other reasons that um, came out of this article is that uh, people do it for emotional and sexual intimacy without the obligation of marriage. And, you know, they don't want the commitments. You know, some people have a commitment phobia. But if you really think about it, if you're in an exclusive relationship and you're living together, whether you're married or not, it actually requires the same effort and behavior to have a successful relationship. Uh, Sometimes the only difference uh, for some people between living together and getting married is the uh, legality of it or the paper, but um, it requires the same amount of effort. But some people feel like they can get the benefits of marriage without the obligations of marriage, which gets back to uh, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. Uh, Another reason that people give is we want to see if we're going to be compatible. Well, if you're in a dating relationship, then uh, there are a lot of ways to test your compatibility. And if you spend enough time with a person, then you should know uh, whether or not you're going to be compatible with them. And so Living with them does not necessarily give you an accurate picture of what it's going to be like once you get married because taking that step toward marriage puts it at a different level and you should be able to test your compatibility in other ways. Another reason that people give is that they want to uh, practice being together um, 24-7 in preparation for marriage. Uh, it's not like you're going to go out and test drive a car. Um, you can live with the person, but I've seen situations where once the couple got married, some people have been living together for years, and once they get married, they realize that uh, it's no comparison because you're looking at two actually separate scenarios and two separate uh, entities. Another reason that was listed was it gives people an opportunity to get to know each other better, to know their habits uh, and character, and to determine whether or not they're going to be faithful. Again, you can determine those things with 
without necessarily living with that person. Um, the research supports the idea that people that tend to um, live together don't necessarily end up getting married. In a lot of instances, they end up breaking up, and sometimes that can be more damaging to the relationship and also can be more damaging to future relationships because people uh, are reluctant to get back into relationships where there's commitment if a cohabiting relationship um, didn't work out. So people that live together, in fact, have an increased chance of divorce, and there is no real clear evidence that shows that um, there are as many positive benefits um, from living together um, that contributes to the stability of marriage. So if you've got two people in a relationship, whether they are living in separate places, whether they live together without being married or whether they get married, then ultimately those two individuals have to work on that relationship in a meaningful way in order for it to be mutually beneficial and to be for them to be mutually happy. And so my observation and the research kind of comes to the same conclusion that it boils down to the two individuals and living together before getting married does not necessarily increase the chances that the marriage is going to work out. And research shows that in most instances that people that live together actually are at a greater risk of getting divorced if they eventually get married. And some of that has to do with, I think, the perception that people have from a legal standpoint, but it also has to do with how people feel about commitment. Uh, in this article by Dr. Larson, he gave four reasons, um, and there's some other uh, research that I came across that actually support uh, what he's saying. And the first reason that he gave of why people that cohabit or at an increased risk of divorce, he made the point that people that are willing to live together typically are more unconventional and they tend to be less committed to marriage as an institution. And over the years, I think there's been a shift in the public perception about the traditional institution of marriage, and that's because we have a much more diverse society. And, you know, as people become more diverse in their thinking about relationships and about institutions like marriage and religion and that sort of thing, you're going to have a broader uh, view about what's acceptable. And so people that tend to avoid getting married, they've already in some instances developed a perception essentially not in favor of the traditional institution of marriage. So if they are living together without legally being married, uh, it's easier for them to leave the marriage if they were to later get married and they weren't satisfied. So uh, if you live with someone for a period of time and you finally do get married, then the research shows that in many instances people are less likely to stick it out. Um, people that tend to prefer cohabiting um, just have a different perception about marriage. And sometimes people are afraid about the presumed permanence of marriage. And some of the more traditional marriage vows says, until death does a, do you part. And some people go into it thinking, well, I'm not going to hang in here if it's not going the way that I want it to. And one set of uh, research showed that because people in our society are living longer, that there's been actually an increase in divorce of older couples that have been married for long periods of time because it, the perception was that in the past people thought, well, you're not going to be around much longer. I'm just going to tough it out, and one of us is going to be gone because of aging. And now that people are living longer, people are thinking, well, I don't want to put up with this, so they get out of it a lot sooner. But the research has supported that 
indicates that people that prefer cohabitation over marriage typically have you know, don't have a favorable opinion about the traditional institution of marriage, and they tend to be more unconventional people who tend to um, not want to commit to themselves. And so that's the first point that he makes. The second point that he makes about the reason that there's an increased uh, risk of divorce is that people that uh, prefer cohabitation tend to be more independent um, and they don't want to be tied down legally. Um, so with marriage, you know, you don't have as much independence uh, as you would if you're just living together. So people that are cohabit are less likely than married people to um, fully commit themselves financially for responsibility for their partners. Um, oftentimes in a marriage, it's seen as our money or you have uh, joint banking accounts, whereas oftentimes with people that are cohabiting, uh, it's my money, your money, and um, they oftentimes will have separate banking accounts. Now, by the same token, I know of some married people that for various reasons um, have separate banking accounts. So again, remember what I said earlier about statistics. Um, they aren't always a one-size-fits-all. There's always some exceptions. But by and large, people that cohabit tend to be less committed um, financially. They tend to be more independent, and more often than not, they tend to have uh, separate banking accounts. Another thing that I thought was interesting that, that I've seen uh, that was pointed out in this um, article is that males that are cohabiting are more likely to value their personal leisure time and individual freedom, and they don't want to give up being out with the boys or doing whatever their hobbies are, and in some instances tend to be less committed to the couple or a quote-unquote family unit as is the case with you know, married men. So this individual freedom you know, can come at a price because oftentimes you know, that individual is not fully committed to the relationship, and there are other things that challenge the relationship. So in marriage, you have the risk of affairs or other things. You also can have work, recreation, and personal interest to interfere with the marriage, but this is often seen more in a cohabiting relationship. But if you have a situation where the person doesn't want to be tied down and he wants to be able to hang out with the boys and then uh, come home and have the benefits of the live-in mate, that can put a strain on the relationship, and oftentimes it's an imbalance in the value of that relationship, and the woman might feel devalued or might feel that she's not being appreciated. It oftentimes will feel helpless or powerless to do anything about it because she is not married to that person. So you got two factors here. One is uh, people that technical habit tend to be more unconventional and they tend to prefer or value their independence. Uh, the third reason that he gave was that people that prefer cohabitation over marriage oftentimes have a negative attitude about the traditional institution of marriage. And some of that might be because of um, prior relationships. It might be because of prior experience with family members. They've seen uh, relatives or friends that um, where marriage didn't work out. And so rather than risk that, they just choose not to marry. That's not necessarily um, a given, but a lot of people that prefer living together have basically developed some negative attitudes about the traditional institution of marriage, and they're more likely to see divorce as a solution if things aren't working out rather than hanging in there and trying to work things out. And I've seen people that um, will decide, well, we get married. If it doesn't work, then I'm out of here. And so the longer um, people live together without 
getting married, and I think the more entrenched their beliefs are about you know the institution of marriage, they think, well, um, I'm just going to maintain this relationship and not take any chances. But it also, I think, sometimes has an impact on uh, their perception about um, children um, because if people, whether they're married or living together, don't have shared values about children, uh, that can create an issue. But if you have children and you're not married, then you have to also look at the fact that in some instances um, you don't have as many benefits you know, in that situation. So people that um, don't have a positive view about the traditional institution of marriage are more likely to prefer uh, just living together. The last point that Dr. Larson made was that uh, people that get into what he calls serial cohabitation, that is view, or doing that in multiple instances, it actually can become a roadblock to marriage uh, because he said that people that have these type of relationships tend to have a relatively low tolerance for unhappiness, that if they're not happy in the relationship, it doesn't mean as much to them to just end it and go find somebody else, and they choose to just bail out rather than trying to work through things. And if you have someone who is unconventional, who wants to be independent, who has low tolerance for dissatisfaction, who has more of an interest in their personal activities and outside relationships, then that person is typically going to be less committed to working to maintain that relationship and would not give a second thought to um, getting out of it. What a lot of people don't realize, though, is that any time you end a relationship, whether you're married to that person or not, there are some things that can uh, be very distressing uh, for both parties and is not as cut and dried as some people think. So when you think about some of the reasons why people uh, cohabit, and if you look at these reasons um, that Dr. Larson gives for why there's an increased uh, likelihood of um, divorce with people that live together, then you can understand, you know, why there is a situation with divorce. So we want to take a quick break again, and we're going to come back and look at, in comparison to some of the reasons why uh, cohabiting couples are at greater risk of divorce, we want to look at what are some of the potential benefits of marriage. And again, we have to remember we're looking at some of the traditional beliefs about marriage, and as we look at some of these uh, benefits of marriage, again, that's not a one-size-fits-all. It doesn't mean that everybody that, you know, get married is necessarily going to be more happy. And it doesn't mean that people that are cohabiting without being married are not happy. It's just looking at some basic things about human nature and looking at some things that are going on in our society and this whole issue of divorce. Some of the statistics about divorce will show that the divorce rate has either decreased or reached a plateau and remained stable at around 50%. Some statistics say it's up to as much as 55%. But my personal opinion, and I you know, get this from some of the research I've looked at, is I think one of the reasons that the divorce rate has plateaued or has not gone up even more it's because more people are not getting married. So you can't get divorced if you're not married. So I think because more people are actually living together in a cohabiting situation, um, I think that's had an impact on um, stabilizing the divorce rate. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly. Um, call your friends and have them tune in. Um, and hang on. We'll be right back. Dr. Bo, let's straighten it out right here on the Soul of America Radio. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Bo is coming right back. I'm 
Tony Stallings with the Soul of America Radio, and we'd like to thank you for your patience. That's right, patience during our construction. We are reconstructing SOAR for the best experience possible for you. I wouldn't have it any other way. Most of our programmings are no longer available as we are revamping everything. We aren't going nowhere. We're just getting better. Thank you for your continued support, as always. Love you in peace. Keep soaring. Give Dr. Bull a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 to speak with Dr. Bull. This is the Soul of America Radio. And we now return you to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back to tonight's episode of Let's Straighten It Out. We're talking about the issue of cohabitation. We looked at some of the statistics. Uh, We looked at what some of the reasons are that people give for cohabitation versus marriage. We looked at some of the things that contribute to the increased divorce rate with people um, that live together and later get married. And now we want to look at um, what are some of the reasons, and this again is based on an article that I will put online along with some other uh, resources. Uh, It was written by Dr. Jeffrey Larson, who's a marriage and family therapy professor at Brigham Young University. And he, you know, a lot of his research from this article is supported by other research. There's some helpful information on the Center for Disease Control website uh, that has basically a lot of statistics, but it also has several good documents on there that there's been some research done on both cohabitation and marriage. And as I said at the outset, um, these are just some thoughts about the topic, and we have to take into account uh, some of the cultural issues um, that tie into this. We have to take into account that oftentimes you're going to have the conflict between legal issues and moral or religious issues. Um, For example, I shared earlier uh, there are numerous states that recognize uh, common law marriage. So if you live in those states, then you know, you have some similar rights in some instances uh, as if you were married. So after you, and I think the length of time varies from state to state, and there are about four or five states that have uh, dates on them, some dating back to uh, 1991, uh, for example, in Ohio, <clears throat> if it was before 1991, it's acceptable, and after that, it's not. So uh, you've got one, two, three, four, five states um, that no longer um, recognize it unless you were grandfathered in, for lack of a better word. So Georgia, Idaho, Ohio, and Pennsylvania um, have some dates that if you were living together, before these dates, then your common-law marriage would be recognized. If you got together after those dates, then it would not be recognized. New Hampshire, for example, is only for inheritance purposes. So if you are in a common-law relationship, then your children and your common-law wife will have the same benefits as if you were married. So those are just some things to consider. So let's look at some of the reasons um, that Dr. Larson gave as to why marriage might be a better solution. Well, I won't say a better solution, but might increase the likelihood that the couple is going to avoid divorce and stay together. But again, as I said earlier, uh, this is a personal individual thing, and just because these statistics say one thing, it doesn't mean that you won't find some exceptions. You're going to find some people that are living together without marriage that are happy and uh, doing well, and you're going to have some people that are legally married but not doing so well, and in some instances probably should have never been together in the first place. 
So let's look at what are some of the reasons that Dr. Larson gave for seeing some benefits of marriage as compared to cohabitation. Um, he indicated that married people tend to have more of an emotional investment in the relationship, uh, whereas with people that cohabit, it's, I'm going to stay here as long as my needs are met or as long as I'm satisfied, and that these people might be less likely to commit to trying to make the marriage work. Um, understandably, there are some situations where people are married and the things aren't working and they aren't necessarily working on them. So again, don't get the impression that any of these statistics or any of the research or any of this is an indication that either one, that cohabitation is guaranteed to lead to divorce or that marriage is guaranteed to you know, lead to happiness. A lot of it depends on the effort that the two individuals make to commit themselves to the relationship, whether they are married or not. But typically, people that commit to marriage tend to be more emotionally invested in a relationship than people that are not committed to marriage marriage who prefer to maintain a cohabitation relationship. The second thing is that um, cohabitation affects the children. Um, in general, uh, children's emotional development is not as good as the parents are cohabiting because one of the things that you find in a, situa a situation where a couple is married with children but they're not doing well and there's always the threat of separation or divorce, that can be very stressful on the child because the child is constantly waiting for that other shoe to drop or waiting for that relationship to end and all of the baggage that goes along with that. So if the couple is not married in the first place, then that oftentimes can put the children in that perception where they're wondering how long it's going to last. Uh, if the couple does separate, uh, then the kids pay an economic price because if it's a situation where the child is not the biological child, for example, of the husband, then there would be no obligation for him to uh, pay child support. Uh, if they have a child together and are not married, there's a you know, possibility of getting child support, but if you're in a cohabiting relationship and there are children involved and they're not the biological child or children of one of the, the couple, one of the individuals, then there's no opportunity for child support. And so that can create problems uh, for children. And you also, it can have an emotional impact because if the person who is not the biological parent, for example, were to leave that relationship and the child has developed an emotional attachment to that person, that can be as damaging to that child as if they were married because every time there is a loss of an attachment or a loss of a relationship, there's a certain amount of grief and bereavement that goes along with that, and that can be very devastating to the child depending on what age they are. And so people need to be mindful whether you are in a cohabitation relationship or whether you're married, is that once there's a child or children involved, then you have a long-term commitment um, and obligation to those children to at least try to make that relationship work. The third thing is that... Um, the research shows that there is an increased likelihood of child abuse in a cohabiting relationship, uh, that boyfriends are more likely to sexually and or physically abuse the girlfriend's children uh, than if they were their own ch children. So if you have a situation where a couple is living together and the children belong, or the biological children of the woman, for example, uh, there are indications that there's an increased risk of abuse uh, if if the boyfriend is not the biological father of these children. Now, again, don't jump to conclusions and make assumptions that that's going to happen, but based on the research 
of instances where there has been abuse. And we've had some instances here in Chattanooga and surrounding areas where um, children have been killed by the boyfriend um, and there have been not too long ago, there were several instances where uh, children ended up being killed and they found out that it was at the hand of the boyfriend. And so that's something, you know, that has to be taken into account. And I think the safety of the child is paramount, whether you're married or not. But um, the unsafe environments tend to be more prevalent where the child's biological father is not the one that's there. And so that's something to take into consideration. Uh, You oftentimes have more uh, behavior problems and lower academic functioning um, in situations where there's cohabitation. You have some of these things in marriage as well. So again, uh, neither one of these is guaranteed, but some of the research shows that in situations where there's cohabitation, that the children are more at risk of being abused by the boyfriend in some of these instances, that they're more likely to have behavior problems or to academically perform lower. Now, again, we have to remember that in most instances, the research is looking back where you have a situation where if you have 100 kids that have been abused and you interview them and you determine that X percentage of these kids come from situations where cohabitation is involved, that's where those statistics come from. There's no predictor necessarily that just because someone is cohabiting and not married that they're going to abuse the children or that just because they are not married that these kids are going to have behavior problems or not perform well. Because I've seen some situations where people were in a common-law situation or cohabiting, and the relationship was stable, and the children were well cared for and very functional. And so a cohabitation relationship does not necessarily have to be an unhealthy relationship. And by the same token, a marriage relationship is not necessarily guaranteed to be healthy. But you just looking at the statistics, you know, these are some things that are indicated uh, from the statistics uh, based on uh, some of these um, situations. The other thing is that, as was mentioned earlier, uh, when people are living together without being married, uh, there tends to be less melding money together, you know, it's more my money, your money. Um, Oftentimes in the long haul, there is less planned activity of pooling things together, and that can create some distress in a relationship. It can create some independent, I mean, some insecurity um, in relationships. But because people that are cohabiting and not married uh, tend to prefer independence and tend to, in some instances, not want to make that commitment, then oftentimes you won't have the joint planning that you see uh, in some relationships. And as I said earlier, there are always some exceptions because I'm aware of some people that were uh, living together for several years that have bought houses together that do share their resources or pool their resources. So again, um, you're going to always find exceptions, and you know, to every rule and every statistic, you will find an exception to it. Um, another thing that was pointed out is that um, men that are single uh, tend to want to hang on to their belongings more often, um, and so men that are married tend to show increased financial responsibility or tend to feel more obligated um, to put the success of that uh, relationship from a financial standpoint. Uh, people that are living together um, oftentimes uh, want to control their own money um, and oftentimes you know, I've seen situations where 
they split up, these are your bills, these are my bills, I'm going to pay this, I'm going to pay that. And, again, you see that in some marriages, but oftentimes in marriages, you know, that's because it's a shared decision. But you see in people that are living together, um, that oftentimes is not the case. And so the other things that people that are living together miss out on some of the benefits. For example, you know, uh, a lot of companies, you would not be covered by your um, mate's insurance. You would not get certain benefits uh, from that person's um, retirement, for example. And there are things that you would not have access to because you're not legally married to that person, whereas if you're legally married to that person, there are some uh, benefits that automatically come with that. Um, there was one bit of research that had a correlation between the physical and the emotional health of women that were married versus those that were not married, that people, that the women that were not married tend to oftentimes have high levels of stress or distress <clears throat> to be more susceptible to uh, certain health problems that are stress-related. And some of that, I think, can be attributed to the uncertainty and the insecurity of that relationship. Or in some instances, for example, if the woman feels like, well, I've got to be able to take care of myself in case this person decides to leave, although that can be the case if they're married, but is more likely to be the case if they're not married because she has no security from a legal standpoint of keeping that person there or of them being obligated to support her and or her children if the relationship were to end. So some of the stress-related illnesses that people experience are more prevalent in situations where they are cohabiting as compared to um, where they are married. And especially if you have a situation where, as was mentioned earlier, where you have a serial um, cohabitation, um, you also have increased uh, risk to, of exposure to things like STDs um, because oftentimes there's less commitment. Now, again, uh, before anybody jumps the gun, I know that there are significant incidents of infidelity in married couples, which could create the same problem. So, again, it's not that one is guaranteed to be good or bad. So we have to keep that in mind. But that's something to take into account is that if that person is not married to you, they might be less committed or less likely um, to avoid some of those risks. So um, you want to keep your health in um mind so that you protect yourself as well as your children. Another thing is that um, people that are willing to commit to marriage oftentimes are going to be more committed to doing some of the things that contribute to that relationship being more positive and successful. Um, and I think if you look at people that choose to be married and people that choose to just live together. As I said earlier, a lot of that goes back to the families that they grew up in, uh, the family values that they develop. I've seen situations where multiple generations of people uh, that live together without being married, and that is, I think, it's more common today than maybe it was, um, say, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I think about growing up, there were situations where uh, common-law marriage was a lot more common and a lot more accepted um, in the area where I grew up. There were several couples that uh, were together for years, um, had lengthy relationships, like 20 and 30 years, but they weren't legally married. But um, I don't know if things have changed or values have changed or what the difference is, but I just know of a lot of people back during my childhood that had been together for years without being legally married. So, again, you know, these things are not totally conclusive, and we just want to look at 
what are some of the things that people need to uh, take into account. So we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back in a few minutes and wrap things up. So uh, stay tuned. You are spending your evening with Dr. Bo on Let's Straighten It Out. Let's straighten it out. We'll return right after these messages. Don't waste another minute thinking about it. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 323-784-9638. And if you're holding and want to speak right now, press 1 to speak to the host. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. Welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out. The phone lines are open for your call right now. Dr. Bo will be taking your calls at 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak on the air live. Again, that number is 323-784-9638 and just simply press 1 if you want to speak to Dr. Bo. And now, welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo on the Soul of America Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back to this episode of Let's Straighten It Out. We're in the home stretch here. We've got a few more minutes, and we want to try to wrap things up. And I guess some of you might be saying, well, what's the point? You know, why this? I, the main point is just looking at there are some myths, I think, that people have about um, marriage, and there are some myths, there are some misperceptions that some myths about cohabitation and some misperceptions about marriage, and so uh, we just want to think about that. Uh, looks like we've got a caller that wants to make a comment, so um, hold on a minute. You want to come on and make a comment, caller? Okay, looks like we've got a caller from Alabama from 205. Uh, hello, caller. You want to make a comment? Hey, how you doing, Dr. Bo? Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, are we talk- I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Now, this is cohabitation. Is that the same thing as a term we affectionately call shacking back in the 70s? Yep, that's the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, One and the same. <laughs> I had a, a comment about that, and I don't know if, if you or any of the listeners have re- remember this. At one time, when when I was coming along, and I've had some friends, I don't have any statistics to back this up, but I can remember when it seemed like friends of mine that have cohabitated for many years decide, well, we finna, we finna, we're about to jump the broom. We're gonna go ahead and get married, mm-hmm. and then it seems like they get married. And after living together eight or nine years, they're divorced, hate each other, and uh, <laughs> can't stand each other after just a few years. <laughs> and I can't say that this is a, something that's prevalent, but I can say that I know it happens, and I've seen it happen quite a few. And I'm wondering, I'm, I always wondered why, and I wanted to know, do you think it's the level of commitment that, you know, because a lot of times when you're just cohabitating, you don't feel as committed. And do you think that has something to do with it, or have, or have you ever even noticed that or heard of that? Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, when I was growing up, you know, shacking or living together was very common. And I think that some of these people, there was a couple that lived next door to us, for example, uh, that were together, you know, for like 30 or 40 years. And they never got married, but they never <laughs> broke up either. And so, 
you know, they didn't get divorced because they weren't married, but they stayed together. But I've seen that same thing. And another example of that is you have people, uh, for example, these college classmates of mine, they dated each other from the ninth grade all through high school and for two years of college and end up um, getting married. And they didn't stay married for a year before they got divorced after all those years of dating and being together. And I think what happens is that when you're just living together without legally being married, you don't feel, you know, as committed or you feel, well, if I'm not happy, I can just get out of this without having to go through divorce and all the legal uh, loopholes that you have to go through. And I think what happens is that people find out that their perceptions about marriage basically was a disillusionment that it's you know they're not as committed as they thought they were and that one of the comments that I made earlier was that one set of statistics showed that people that were in long-term relationships of cohabiting uh, were more likely to use see divorce as an out that if they weren't happy they weren't going to stay together and I think sometimes in those instances they end up uh, choosing to get divorced. But uh, there are a lot of misperceptions, I think, um, where people think that you know just because we're not legally married I can leave. But I think from an emotional standpoint it can be just as painful uh, of ending a relationship, especially if that relationship has gone on for several years. So ending that relationship can be just as painful whether you're legally married to that person or just living together. But some of the statistics show that people, that once they move from shacking to being married, that if things aren't working out the way they expected to, then they are less likely to stick with it. Even though they might have stayed in that relationship for several years, I think before they got married, they always felt that they had a way out, but never felt that they had to use that way out. But once they get married, mm-hmm. I think if things aren't going the way they want them to go, then they're more likely to just give up on it and to end up divorcing. Wow. Well, I appreciate that. And, and before I go, I want to say that the number one cause of divorce in any country is being legally married. <laughs> I've heard that. One. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. Thank you. All right. Okay, folks, um, we appreciate that caller, and um, we want to kind of wrap this up for tonight. We got off to a little bit of a late start. We had a little technical difficulties at first, but we finally got that worked out and was able to eventually get it on. So hopefully some of this was thought-provoking. Oftentimes we don't have as many people to call in, but that doesn't mean that folks aren't listening. So I will put some of the links on the Soul of America Radio uh, link and also on Facebook so that you can uh, follow up on some of these articles. And also there are some Uh, very useful uh, information on the Center for Disease Control about the issue of marriage and cohabiting. But uh, these were just some things to provoke your thoughts. And as always, um, feel free to call in and make requests of topics that you might be interested in. We try to find things that are of general interest, but if you have a specific interest, then feel free to call in. That number is uh, 323-784-9638, and listen in, make comments, or if you have suggestions for other topics, we'll be glad to consider those. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you again next week uh, with another topic. So take care. <laughs>